Welcome, Kate. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you, Richard. I'm excited. Oh, fantastic. Do you want to tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your yoga background? Yeah, okay. So I am a yoga teacher mm-hmm. um, since about 2013. Okay. Um, also qualified as yoga therapist last year. And, um, That's interesting. Yeah, really love that. Love that. It's very special work. And mm. um, branching more into that. But I, I began yoga, I was probably about... 16 I think when I first went to a class and I got no recollection of what drew me to it okay I I can't remember at all just fancied it I just remember that I wanted to try it and I didn't know much about it and um there was a lady teaching it in a local kind of community center and she was she was probably in her late 60s okay yeah there was a lot of people in that class, maybe like 50 people in oh, this episode. Wow. It was hot and everybody's quite close. And they, a lot of them were a lot older than me. And I was just kind of in awe of, mm. of what everyone could do. Mm. And I was like, this is really a bit different. And it, attra- it appealed to me in that sense. Mm. And then I, I, I was in sixth form at the time. So I would have done some yoga off and on and I couldn't find anywhere that taught it when I went to university or taught, I, I just didn't find the right class for me. And then after university, I, was, I started going a bit more regularly. And um, it was on a trip to India. We went to my um, husband's best friend's wedding out in India. Mm-hmm. And it, we were there for 10 days and they, they offered it in the hotel every morning. I was like, I'm gonna go every morning because mm-hmm. I know I'm, I'm gonna enjoy it. And the first morning I went and the teacher said, um, we do one-to-one, you know, you should sign up for one-to-one. I was like, yeah, sign up for anything. I'm Mm. here for 10 days, you know, I'm going to enjoy myself. So I signed up for one-to-one. I think I had to be there like six in the morning and that nobody else ever came to the class. So I ended up having this teacher to myself for like two and a half, three hours for the whole time. And after about four or five days, I can remember coming out and saying to my husband, I feel really different like not I don't mean physically I'm something I just feel like I'm on another planet when I walk out from that session and that was when it really kind of hooked me in and I couldn't understand what was going on and I didn't need to but um Mm. it was having an impact physically obviously but in in other ways as well so um after that I think I started going to a class once a week with the um a wonderful teacher called Audrey Blow, who um, is still teaching in South Wales. And um, she encouraged me to do, um, so she's a British Wheel of Yoga teacher. That's kind of the governing body in this country. And she encouraged me to do the foundation course, which I was really interested in because you just learn more. You learn more about the philosophy and and why Mm. we do the asana and all sorts of things. So I did that and it was really nice because I did it with my mum. We did it together over a year. And then as you come to the end of that course, they start to say, the teacher's like, okay, you know, we're coming to the end. And um, there wasn't, the only other option really was to do the teaching diploma. And I was like, I don't really want to teach yoga, but I don't want to stop learning to this level. You know, I can't go back kind of thing. And I suppose at that time there wasn't podcasts and everything that you could just submerge yourself. Mm, You could mm. find out stuff on the internet, but I wanted to keep being taught by good teachers. So, um, yeah, of course, we, we grew up in an era without the internet to start with. Exactly. And then, you know, all of a sudden it comes in and there's all this information online, which is fantastic. Incredible. You know? It's yeah. incredible. But, you know, back when we were learning things at school, you had to go to the library if you wanted it to find like something the, out, wasn't Encyclopedia it? Encyclopedia you know? Britannica. Or know somebody who knew more than you. Exactly. You know? Yeah. 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 Oh, that's fantastic. That's really interesting. Yeah. You mentioned something there about um, 
what was going on for you on the inside and I, I kind of get a sense of embodiment and that's really something that that I've got out of yoga when I've done yoga myself mm-hmm. um do you want to elaborate on that a little bit more for people because I think there's that that sense of embodiment is quite interesting yeah so when you practice yoga mm. um every day you get well if you pra- whenever you practice you get the chance to connect with your body mm. and um, quite often when I teach now, one of the first things I'll say to everybody is, is come into your body, welcome your body today, because a lot of the time um, we're in this amazing body, mm. but we don't, we just take it for granted. You know, we, it, it does all of these things for us and, and, and also it's sending us messages all of the time. Mm. So when we practice, we can, we get the opportunity to really pay attention to what the messages are and what's happening on the inside because a lot of people's um focus is outside mm. you know me included you just kind of you're looking to the world outside you're looking to other people and you take in the podcasts and the information from the teachers and everything but what is the impact on the inside and um yoga really helps you to kind of figure that out mm. and it changes all the time mm. so it's like and also people are generally very interested in themselves once they get over the fear to connect in to themselves <clears throat> mm. um and you just you come at it from a point of curiosity mm. rather than mm. um judgment and then it's like oh that's really interesting my right shoulder is uncomfortable today and how long has that been what 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 else does it impact in my body um what is there any kind of um emotion that connects with that part of the body and all of these sorts of things so Mm. it did it's fascinating it's like unraveling yourself bit by bit that's a really good way of putting it unraveling yourself bit by bit and (laughs) and the emotional connection as well is very real isn't it you know i've been in yoga classes and people have have been stretching out and all of a sudden just started crying Mm -hmm. you know it's just like that release for a lot of people when you you connect with something that's been trapped in your body for a while and and you physically release it there's quite often an emotional release that goes along with that as well it's really powerful stuff it really is Mm. and that is really the essence of yoga therapy so that's just something i wanted to ask you about next because yoga therapy is a new concept to me i haven't heard of it before so i'm fascinated to find out brilliant it Mm. is quite new um certainly in this country and when we practice yoga therapy so we're very much in yoga in general we believe that the body um holds on to things so um in terms of trauma Mm -hmm. if you have a trauma and um you think that you've dealt with it you know you've had talking therapy which is great and there's Mm -hmm. obviously Mm -hmm. you know place for all of these different types of therapy um, but you can sometimes you can talk as much as you want, but if the body hasn't let go of that experience, mm. you're still going to hold on to it. And um, some way that people might relate to this. So, for example, I'll use the word um, a trigger. So, you know, if you have an emotional trigger, so something that will regularly create a reaction in you mm. that is very familiar to you. Mm-hmm. It might make mm-hmm. you a bit uncomfortable. You might not really understand it. So when um from a yoga therapy point of view what we would be looking at is um with that and we wouldn't talk about this necessarily okay we wouldn't okay. Nec- it's not a talking therapy so it's very much working with the body yeah so it's not something you even necessarily need to explain to people you can just exactly. work with it with them exactly yeah i love that concept i really do and it, it's so so engage in that do, do you know what i mean from, from a point of view of, of i think of you know kind of therapies that work beyond talking and and working with the body in that way without talking about it it 
I'm not quite sure what it is that fascinates me about that, but it is really fascinating. There's, there's a lot in that for me, and as a therapist, I work with embodiment quite a lot, and I know quite a lot of other talking therapists who also bring a sense of embodiment into the room. So this mm. sounds like another another layer of working with the body that I haven't found out about yet. Yeah, it, mm. it, it really is. And it's it's the fact that you don't have to say... So it's not... So I'm because I'm establishing that side of what I do, It's I've been thinking about how do you put this into words that people understand? Um, obviously, one of the best things is going to be word of mouth. Once it starts, I think it will roll because people will say have this experience and they might not even be able to verbalize the experience but because it feels good to their body the body has an impact on the mind mind has you know the mind body breath is the, the sort of trio of yoga they all impact on each other mm. what happens to one is always going to affect the other so if the body feels more settled then the mind will then the breath and we just there's 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 a lot to say about yoga therapy but in essence you're kind of working with each individual's body and trying to relieve symptoms mm. or create more freedom or mm. more flow of energy so um i'm sure you've heard of chakras before many times you know we talk about that in the yoga world and the chakra bracelet on. beautiful yeah <laughs> but if you've got a blocked chakra quite mm. often the, a, a symptom will manifest around that so if it yes. is um for example i'll say svadhisthana sort of tummy solar mm. plexus area mm. you might have constipation or ibs or something like that so we start to do different yogic practices which will help to open that area and Just create work more flow on that, that stomach area where you know where the yeah. blockages yeah yeah that's, yeah, that's, that's one way of doing it but there's mm. it can go a bit like what you were saying about the creative therapy it can go off on really interesting tangents yeah so i had one um client who um finds it very difficult to concentrate Okay. and mm. finds it very difficult to retain information but we really discovered with her that actually if she works with her body and not her brain um it was it was very powerful so we we used tapping techniques and things mm. to kind of really and even chanting things that cause a vibration in the body and then that feeling is familiar and it helps to release other things without having to revisit a trauma verbally or anything like that and and quite you know it's not with yoga therapy quite often they're not coming in saying i had this traumatic experience and we don't ask for that mm. It might come up in the conversation as things start to get revealed from the body, but it's not kind of it doesn't need to. No, the, no. the you know the the practice, the therapy will still work. And mm. really, I mean, the beauty of it for me is that's what yoga does anyway. Mm. Mm. With yoga therapy, you're just working on a much more bespoke level mm. um, with individuals, and they don't have to be yoga practitioners either. They don't need experience of yoga or anything like that. So. It's really special. Yeah, it sounds like it. Mm. It sounds like and, and kind of works with quite a lot of different things as well, but by the sounds of it. Yeah. You know? So how long have you been practicing as um, as a yoga therapist? So I graduated <coughs> last year. Okay. And as yet, I, I'm kind of establishing that. Mm. So I was also mm. made redundant from my job in February this year, which yeah. was a real opportunity because like, great, now I can, you know, really start to promote the yoga therapy my mm. classes have increased um actually this afternoon I've, i'm starting a new class for sport in mind have you heard of them i've heard of sport in mind yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's really exciting and that's all for um to support mental health as well yeah. Yeah. so lots of different strands are coming together and mm. the yoga therapy i'm just getting my website finished and some flyers and then i'm going to hopefully get 
you know, start getting some clients and build it gradually as we mm. go into the autumn. So fantastic times. Fantastic. Yeah. So is it a yoga therapy class or is the yoga therapy more like a one to one? One to one. One to one. You yeah. can you can do it as a class, but for mm. me, I think um, I want to start one to one. I did. In fact, the reason that I was interested in the course, um, I was asked to teach a group of people with fibromyalgia. Oh, okay. Interesting. This was quite a while ago, maybe like 2017. Mm. And I soon realized with that group of people, they had a gift because because of their fibromyalgia, they already had to listen to their body because if they didn't, Mm. it could really change the outcome of their day. So they, Mm. they, they already had that skill which is something you try and teach in yoga when people come. It's like, listen to your body, don't overdo things, don't push it too hard. They're already listening because their body's been screaming at them. Exactly. I mean, fibromyalgia is one of those things that is it's a condition that is really misunderstood quite a mm-hmm. lot. And what's the other word? I mean, really hard to diagnose. Like, yes. I've got a friend who has it. And, and it, you know, the battle that he went through with his doctor just mm-hmm. to try and get like a piece of paper signed to say you have fibromyalgia. Yeah, it's, I know. think there's a lot to be found out about it. But mm. from my understanding, basically, you know, like I said before, the body is sending us messages all the time. Fibromyalgia is really like, come on, you've got to pay attention now because I've been trying and mm. we were here. So they came in with this kind of knowledge and we worked really gently. So I had to learn to really scale back the physical practice and we did a lot more of the kind of the breath work mm, um the yeah, yoga nidras absolutely. the relaxations and mm. it, it, it was i'm in- doing this because breath work always really reminds me of, i come back to this place in my body uh-huh. you know and, and here it's almost almost center isn't it yes. you know i come back to breath work always brings me back there you know so i think that's probably where i put my focus when i do um a body, when I've done a body scan and then I come back into that place of it's almost like that shavasana place you get to when you meditate mm-hmm. and you kind of go into that connection with higher self and, and for me I always get a sense of kind of being here mm. it's quite interesting wow that is mm. interesting mm. not quite sure what that's about I've never worked it out but it always comes back to the middle of my chest and mm. I don't know if that's a breath thing because I'm concentrating on Could the breath be. that's where the breath comes but from yeah, and, yeah it's interesting yeah mm. um I've forgotten where we were now. Me too. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, the joy of doing this thing. Fibromyalgia, yeah. That's right, yeah, So um, <clears throat> what I found was, f- f- as a teacher, I was thinking, gosh, am I giving these people enough? Like, it doesn't feel like we're doing an awful lot. But as the students, they were saying, this is amazing. I've, I've slept really well. Things were improving in their life. And I was like, gosh, this is really working. Mm. And, you know, I, don't, I didn't have huge knowledge in how to work with specific... Um, conditions at that point so I thought I wanted to do the yoga therapy course and then a blessing of um, COVID was that there was all of a sudden time and I got the got in touch with the teacher it'd been on my radar I'd done the first module and I wanted to continue but it was a lot of money it was a lot of time and actually everything conspired to enable me to do it so um, the universe supplied you with an opportunity (laughs) it did it did and it you know, it's a real gift. So yeah, mm. I'm excited about. I'm really excited by that work and by yoga in general. You know, it's it's it gives something to everybody. Mm, it does. I found yoga when I was in a really difficult place in my life. When I was feeling quite low, quite depressed, quite anxious. Um, I'd just been through quite a turbulent breakup, and and I found it, and it really grounded me properly. And I was very lucky. I, the, the first class I went to, I just clicked with the teacher I had. She mm. was incredible. Um, and and I learned so much and actually to this day I still 
what I carried from that was everything I learned about sun salutations because that's my absolute favourite thing to do with sun salutations. Brilliant. I adore that that <laughs> set of movements. Just really, I don't know, two rounds, and I'm like, bing, you know, I'm awake and I'm raring and ready to go. Even from being half asleep, you mm -hmm. know, I can go and do that, and and it, it kind of. Um, it's like you said before, it kind of gets inside in a way that you can't almost explain. And I wonder if that's something to do with, with the release of it or whether it's more to do with um, allowing energy flow. But the, those two things are kind of Both. linked up as well, aren't they? So, yeah. And mm. other things. I mean, it's working on so many levels. Mm. So we think of it about how it's working our body and mm. we can touch on how it's working the mind. But even things like the, you know, the, the, you can go into the body and the nervous system and... Yeah the um, hormones mm. and for me it certainly influences like if I start my day with yoga I make better decisions throughout the whole day mm. I'm more likely to have a celery juice and go straight to coffee or you know it's there's it, it just it, it's incredibly powerful and there there's more and more science to prove this as well but I just I'm, I'm very much um, a kinesthetic kind of person and yeah, yeah. it's how does it feel mm. and I've never practiced yoga and not felt better or I've, I've practiced and I've allowed myself to stop if it's a day that I really mm, um, mm. don't feel comfortable. Mm. But at least I'm connecting with the body enough to honor it and respect it. And because mm. the mind will very quickly say, don't practice today. You could sleep a bit longer or you could do the washer. You could do so many things instead. The mind is a sly beast. <laughs> <clears throat> and it, it doesn't really always is. know best. That's no, it doesn't always know best, but it will tell you that it does. Yeah. <laughs> Every yeah. time. Um, see, I was just thinking again then as well, for, for people who don't know much about yoga, it might be a good idea to sort of talk a little bit about the different types of yoga. Because, mm. I mean, there are how many different types of yoga? I always forget. It, it, I don't it's even a know. huge number though, isn't it? There's you a know? lot of different types. Yeah. There's a lot of different types of yoga. There's a lot of different types of teacher mm -hmm. um so like i was saying audrey was british wheel of yoga and so was um another wonderful lady called claire chard who i did my foundation course with and mm -hmm. then i did my diploma in um, bristol actually with andrea newman um all british wheel mm -hmm. so i was very much a british wheel of yoga student mm -hmm. and and they taught hatha that's what i kind of that was my foundation mm -hmm. um and hatha um the literal translation is sun and moon and it brings in elements of most of the different lineages of yoga um then at one point i tried iyengar mm -hmm. um really enjoyed that it's very physical mm -hmm. and um that was created for the military i believe okay so interesting yeah very interesting and it was very strict the mm. teacher was very strict like he nearly didn't let me practice the first time i turned up without contacting him beforehand and wow. <laughs> it's really funny because you don't, you don't think of a yoga teacher like that and turn exactly. and go, yeah come on in join in that's a whole other story but it was <laughs> your it, name's not on the list yeah completely <laughs> um and then my personal practice now is ashtanga which again okay. is a very physical practice mm. and for me because i like i said a, a kinesthetic person i need to really feel my body i need to move mm. my body every day mm. and then there's so many types you've got yin yoga you've got drew yoga you've got um what else vinyasa vinyasa flow yeah vinyasa mm. so vinyasa is a lot of resistance work is, is i don't right even i don't even know i mean I for me remember. vinyasa is part of ashtanga so okay. and it, it it's a it's a, a transition that you do in between each pose and i think they they call it vinyasa flow. I think it's a very moving practice. You don't hold positions. You just keep moving with the breath. Mm, mm. Um, but yeah, I'm quite, I'm I'm quite myopic with 
Ashtanga now and Hatha. And I remember trying, I've, I've tried Hatha and Vinyasa um, and probably some other stuff that I wouldn't even know the names of. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember the Vinyasa being uh, a slightly slower pace than the Hatha. It okay. wasn't quite as fast, but like you said, you weren't pausing to hold. So I think like doing, um, so sun salutations are part of Hatha. And to go through sun salutations, you would start off and then we'd get quicker and, and quicker and mm-hmm, quicker. Mm-hmm. But with the vinyasa, it was almost like you started at one pace and then that pace stayed all the way through. It didn't speed up. Okay, it, it was that's quite interesting. An interesting. And that's like Ashtanga as well. You, you, you stay with the pace of the breath. So mm. you don't, yeah, you don't really speed. Whereas the Hatha felt a bit more like a workout for me. Do you know what I mean? It was more uh-huh. like a, you, you go in and you know you're going to get a good sweat on and you know you're going to come out feeling like you've worked. You know, you, yeah. you've done something. It, it really depends. It mm. depends on the teacher. teacher and, the, yeah, and, yeah. and for me, it depends on the mood <clears throat> of the class on the day. Like mm. I might have a certain plan in mind and then mm. I s- assess the group and think everyone feels a bit tired. And sometimes I might stick with the plan because it re-energizes them or sometimes we might go into a more gentle practice and mm. just kind of serve the, the energy of the day if you if that mm. makes sense but. absolutely makes sense yeah and i think that's a really important point to to serve the energy of the day and you've already mentioned being able to change your energy in the morning by doing yoga and that's something i find fascinating as mm-hmm. well anything that can change your, your energy first thing in the morning mm. because at that time in the morning when you've just woken up is when the brain will go just hit the snooze button. We don't need exercise today. Yeah. It's fine. You can just get up and have coffee. And do, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it, it's that ability to be able to know that you can get up in the morning and, and do something without particularly thinking about it. Because once you've regimented those movements into your body, mm-hmm. it, it's lovely. It's there and you can just tap into it at any moment. Yeah. And make yourself feel great and amazing and connected with everything. I, I think of the... The body as being in three stages almost you, you've got a physical body which is very much here and now and then you've got emotional body and then you've got spiritual body mm-hmm. and for me yoga draws a straight line through all three of those and just pulls them together in yeah. yoga we actually talk about five bodies of panchakosha oh god yeah. you're about to expand my knowledge i love it <laughs> fantastic bring it on I have, to try, I have to try and remember them all now so you've got the gross body which is the physical body okay you've got the there's the growth there's the physical emotional spiritual the breath mm-hmm. counts as a body. Mm. There's another one, maybe enlightened. There's five sheaths or layers, and these are different bodies. The energetic body, so that's kind of what's going on in the mind. Um, the physical body, the breath, and then there's two others which are a bit more towards enlightenment towards higher like self yeah. kind of thing yeah yeah i should know those and if i sat here long enough i'd probably remember oh, fascinating. Exactly i'm gonna have that. to go and read up about this yeah panchamaya kosha panchamaya kosha yeah okay fantastic it is really interesting mm. and of course they all have an impact on each other so whatever's yeah. happening to one is going to impact on the others yeah. and yeah i mean as therapists we say you know quite often those of us who work with embodiment anyway will, will understand the 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 connection between trauma here and trauma here mm-hmm. you know if it's a trauma in the mind it's a trauma in the body and mm. vice versa if you hurt your body it's going to hurt your mind too yeah. and taking care of one taking care of the other and just the act of physical exercise is you know even just the the gentle art of going for a walk and mm. being in nature and connecting with what's around you is really answering all of those bodies at once Absolutely. you know yeah. and it's little things like that that we can do for ourselves that make the day easier more palatable um i don't know what's the word i'm looking for 
more desirable, I think, because once you've hooked into that, you know, um, right now at the moment, I would love to find a yoga class that fits in with my schedule. <laughs> I don't have one. So for me, yeah. it's like I, I just do a bit of yoga as and when I can. Yeah. Um, I know I need to do more of it. I'm super flexible through my hips, but my shoulders are like, forget it. You know, so for me, I know I need to work on all of this stuff and come a bit more from here down into here. I think a bit mm-hmm. more. That, that's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm needing at the moment. But there's, a, I think there must be so many people out there like that who don't have a simple practice in their lives that, that could quite easily, you know, just a little bit of effort can give you an awful lot of reward. I think that was my experience Absolutely. with yoga. Yeah. Mm. And it doesn't have to be yoga. You know, it's whatever mm-hmm. works for you. So, um, I think getting out on water, you know, but walking in mm. nature, like you said, it doesn't have to be mm. a grand thing. It's just whatever gets you motivated to move and connect. And mm. Mm. yeah, and to me, there's yoga in all of those things. Yeah, I mean, there's, God, I've heard of stand up paddleboard yoga and yeah, all I sorts of different. You, yeah, 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 I knew I was going to mention that. Um, <laughs> yeah, all that kind of stuff. That's really interesting. How does that go? I mean, do you get people turn up who are petrified of falling in the water? I mean, yeah. you know, is it... sometimes, yeah. Mm. And that's, mm. I mean, it's fascinating. Quite often you get people that have never done yoga and never been on a paddleboard, and yet they, they rock up to paddleboard yoga. And I love that because it's like, okay, this is a completely, you know, mm. clean slate. Mm. Um, I love it, all the ones that come. And it is, it is quite a different, well, it's a mix. Some of the people that come to my paddleboard classes come to my regular classes. Okay. Mm. Um, but there's, there's, another element of person that comes so I've got a friend that comes Mm. and she just loves the paddleboard yoga because one it's outside Mm. Mm. two she loves water Mm. so for her to fall in she in fact she I think she makes it happen sometimes because she wants to be in the water more than anything Mm. um and it just it's almost I I suppose I get quite a few younger people at those sessions as well um, I was about to ask you about age in a minute. Yeah, it's a real, well. <clears throat> it's a real blend. But um, the paddleboard yoga. So when I was asked to do that, I was quite excited by it. I'd seen it again. It was quite a new trend in this country. Um, but I really had to sort of look and think: Is this being authentic to my yogic self? You know, is this mm. just kind of a fad? Is a bit something a bit because you get all sorts of yoga, and yeah. I've tried quite a few, and I've experimented like goat yoga and all of these kind of things. Goat yoga. That's the thing. I'll come back to that one. Yeah, please do. Put, but, put um, in that. <laughs> but the paddleboard, I, I said, I'm, I decided I was going to do it. And actually, as soon as I went to, um, I did a module to kind of cover the aspects that you need to consider. Because I'm not a water sports person. In fact, I've really um, improved my relationship with water from doing the classes as well. I've had a lot of benefits myself. But... Um, as soon as I got on that board and started practicing, I was like, this is very, very yogic because the whole point of yoga really is to come to one point in the mind, a point of stillness. And of course, when you're, whenever you balance, even on land, you have to become more focused in the mind. On a paddleboard, everything is a balance. So you really kind of focus in on what you're doing. Mm. And you can, what the one of the benefits for the mind of that is that you can just, for a while, release all of the other stuff so all of the stuff that's normally occupying the mind all you're really thinking about is keeping yourself on the board Mm. and that gives the mind a break and gives it something new to kind of concentrate on so Mm. plus the fact that it's in a beautiful setting um Mm. on a reservoir in wales and you know it's just that sounds idyllic it's it really is Mm. it really is so i love it it's one of my favorite things to do 
Mm, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think probably my favorite part of yoga would be Shavasana. Yeah. I think I, I love that space that my mind can go to when I've physically exerted my body mm-hmm. and I've had that, that, well, for me, with the ADHD stuff, it is a bit of hyper-focus. I can hyper-focus into yoga and yeah. ignore everything else. And yeah. That's quite a superpower, I think. Um, so when I get to the Shavasana point, I'm led down. I, I, don't, I don't go to sleep, but I'm definitely not here. Mm-hmm. You know, I am away and floating and all the colours are going on and it's, it's yeah. beautiful. And um, yeah, that, that for me was always my favourite part of yoga. That, that connection with self that I felt afterwards. And you come out of the room with a, an energy buzz about your body, mm. but, but there's a real mind buzz going on as well because yeah. you've just connected with the higher self. And yeah. it's like, my God, this is incredible. Mm. <laughs> it is amazing. And I don't get there from meditating either, by the way. No. I meditate, I do mindfulness a lot, and, and that kind of um, brings me back very much here and now, but I don't get that that same buzz that I get from, from Shavasana. Mm. Yeah. And for some people, I often say Shavasana is the hardest part. Mm. It's the hardest part of the class to lay still mm. and not be told what to do and to be back with their mind. And then it's like, so... Yeah, it's, it's fascinating, it mm, really is. Mm. And I think a lot of people learn to love Shavasana, but at the beginning it's difficult, mm. especially if they're go, 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 go kind of personality, you know? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think I, I used to um, used to really appreciate the Shavasana more at the end of a Hatha session because I, I had felt like I had a good workout and I mm-hmm. needed that good workout to be able to get to that really clear space in my mind you know i needed yeah. that body to be occupied for a long period of time and you know i guess probably yoga classes mostly around about 45 minutes to an hour mm-hmm. most of them mm-hmm. you know i don't know what you've experienced yourself as the ones i've been to i'd say normally around about my that. my class is generally an hour and a half okay a little yeah. bit longer yeah um yeah. which is nice but they do they vary a lot mm. uh, not mine but you know mm-hmm. you can go yeah, to yeah, ones that are an hour yeah. or um or less even but um yeah mm. it's mm it's a real gift to yourself to mm. practice whatever length of time you do if you do 10 minutes you're still going to benefit from that as well so mm, absolutely mm. let's come back to goat yoga <laughs> <laughs> dare i ask i'm really fascinated to know what, what this is all about yeah so pray so tell. <laughs> it's literally yoga with goats in a goat pen so um i was very lucky to work at a community farm up until february as well mm-hmm. um and goat yoga came up and people would you know they tag you and things all the time and i was like actually i kind of get the benefit because being around animals is really therapeutic as well <clears throat> so i spoke with the brilliant team at the farm and said can i try it with and, and we, we sort of had a very serious conversation about it and we said we're going to need to do it from babies and ideally i'll be in with the mother before she gives birth so she's used to me being around she's not going to be worried about the kids and all of that kind of thing um so for a short while i did practice regularly with these goat kids and it was brilliant and you the idea is you just get on with the yoga and Mm. they get on with being goats and then they start to come and have a little sniff around sometimes they jump on your back and all of this kind of thing the the health and safety aspect um luckily i never had to write a risk assessment for it because i never ended up teaching it and the reason we, we didn't carry on was because the goats that I spent the most time with, it was going quite well with, um, they forgot to get them dehorned and they can't, you can't really practice with goats with horns. Yeah. And um, then it just got busy and I didn't have enough time to spend with the goats regularly to do it. But it's, it, 
another quirky thing but from my point of view i think whatever brings people to yoga like whatever works for an individual and gets mm. them in mm. that's the important part and then from there they'll start their journey mm. so everybody kind of comes to it from a different place and so many people say oh i could never do yoga i'm not flexible or you know that's partly the point as you practice mm. to to um, improve flexibility but also it's like I think they have no idea how many different types there are or what's going to work for them. And you try different ones and you try different classes, different teachers, mm. and something will resonate and or some element of it will resonate. And then you can go further into that. So like mm. Shavasana, mm. I don't know if you know about Yoga Nidra. No, no, but yeah, yeah. No, but a little bit. I've done so a that's little like bit of yoga Shavasana nidra. heaven because yeah. you're in Shavasana for a long time and you yeah. really go into that deep relaxation. It, it translates into yoga sleep. Mm. And you're right. You, I mean, some people do just fall asleep. Yeah, I've had that happen. And I in say classes before exactly people snoring what, behind yeah, me. Yeah, that's exactly what that person <laughs> needed. But mm. quite mm. like you, I will go to this kind of um, not limerence. That's not the right word. There's a place, and it's not sleep, but it's not awake. It's yeah. somewhere else, mm. and I don't know where it is, but I, I like I, it. I think it's higher self. I, I think you you're out of this physical mind mm. and into a connection with mind consciousness if god there i use the word because we don't really understand it so I'm, I'm reticent to use words we don't really understand too much and i love the fact that nobody can explain consciousness properly yet <laughs> science can understand everything and explain everything apart from consciousness um <clears throat> for me it is that that higher self higher consciousness that third eye place i've heard people talk mm -hmm. about it like that as well um which is probably something that fits in with the the, the whole ayurvedic ideology of everything smacking my <laughs> microphone um so yeah i think for me it has got quite a lot to do with that I, I i think of it as less of being in this reality and being away in another reality yeah. i think it feels like another reality anyway or it, maybe it, like more connected to everything yeah, yeah, maybe it's like more a like universal a universal consciousness. Yes, and that's very much something that I'm a big fan of, Carl Jung's collective unconscious theory. I don't mm -hmm. know if you've ever read about that, but it's it's very much what we talk about universal everything's connected. Yeah. We are all connected spiritually, emotionally. Mm. Um maybe not in the physical sense, but then that's the going back to the idea of the different bodies. Yes. You know, so we are all connected in the spiritual body sense and maybe that's what you connect with when you connect with higher self is everybody else's spiritual energy mm. that is available at the time maybe, mm. maybe that's what it's about maybe. i don't know interesting fascinating isn't it yeah i love picking all this stuff apart and wondering what it's all I about mm. i think you mentioned something just now as well which i find really interesting and that was that it's an individual journey yoga is an individual journey and I, and I think a lot of people have this idea that you know they're going to go to a yoga class and it's going to be 102 degrees in the room and everybody's going to be sweating and you know that's a very specific type of yoga that i haven't seen advertised very much at all yeah that's another one isn't it hot yoga, yeah, hot they yoga. Did, some people call it bikram yoga bikram yoga yeah, yeah um i haven't seen it there was a hot yoga studio in newport i think i've okay. practiced it in london mm. um i've practiced it in cardiff mm. very different they had like little heaters in cardiff i think um when I've practiced in India, in heat, I mean, it's amazing. Mm. And, I, and I did really enjoy the hot yoga in London mm. because I hadn't practiced in such heat before. But then I've got quite low blood pressure mm. and I, you know, I could have passed out at any point. It's intense. Mm. But again, mm. some people really love that. And of course, the, the benefit of the heat is that it, it kind of fast tracks the loosening up of the joints. And um, 
I'm not sure that, you know, it's like, I'm not sure going in that fast that quickly is beneficial to the body because you're no. potentially going to overdo something because it feels safe. But Unless you're uh, but, incredibly fit and limber. Well, maybe. yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I'm, not, I'm not dissing hot yoga. I don't know enough no, about no. it. I, I did really enjoy it. Mm. But yeah, you don't see it as much um, as other types. And I guess it's quite niche, maybe you've got to. Did it accelerate that, that connection with higher self for you? When you were doing the, the the hot yoga, so I'm just wondering. You know, the the it's almost like you're you're stressing the body and the mind more. Mm. Do, do you know what I mean? It didn't feel it doesn't feel stressful because no, apart no, I, from I, the I don't heat, mean stressful, but the, the, there is a you are putting mm. more stress on the body by being in the heat, yeah. and I wonder if that has an effect on the mind as well as I suppose. I mean, there's an intensity to it, mm. um, which does affect the mind. I I think. I wasn't that far along at that point, so I wasn't. I wouldn't have been that aware. I mm. was with my husband and some friends, and I was just. I just was loving the fact that we were all together doing it in this really hot room, and mm. it was a new experience. Um, but yeah, I think any of the type, any of the different types, have got the ability to mm. um, get you to that place, mm. and that's the point of like trying different ones and seeing what works for you. And and I think also it's important for people not to expect that every time you practice yoga you're going to be in this like higher consciousness kind of I mean it can happen but it's not a given you know it's not I wouldn't say go into your first class expecting that it's just just go and practice and see how it feels and then go regularly and find a teacher that you enjoy and mm. stick with mm. it over a period of time and mm. then you look back and you kind of think oh, or even along the journey you know you'll think this is a really interesting thing that's some of the patterns and movements are actually quite easy to learn mm. and I found you know once I've learned them and they're in my mind I can practice them myself anyway exactly you know, that's part of the beauty of it mm. so something like sun salutations I mean you know you could do what I don't know 10 15 rounds of sun salutations in 10 minutes mm -hmm. you know quite easily just running through running through running through and that's a lovely little start to the day for, that, for me and that is a meditation know. in itself that's what it's, it's meant to be isn't meditation. it it's the, the sun salutations are the greeting of the day and then the yeah. moon salutations are meant to be the closing of the day mm -hmm. and, you know that's kind of how I've always understood it yeah yeah mm. no it's it's beautiful and I think there is one um practice where they just do something like 108 sun salutations mm. And that's the practice. But they say that the sun salutation will work every part of the body, which I believe it probably does, mm. especially doing over and over and over. And it's build got some up of the most a... common moves in it that people would know, the downward dog and yeah. um, child pose. and you yeah. know what I mean? That yeah. all, the, all those and mountain, you know, those, those poses are, are pretty much universally understood. Mm -hmm. You know, if you said, you know, um, <clears throat> downward dog to most people who've heard of yoga they'll know exactly what you're talking about yeah because um, it's one of the most most known moves I, I think those the thought of us being very basic but like you said they, they, they work the whole body mm. you know and I certainly come out of that thinking god I didn't know I had a muscle there yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? oh my god what's this about <laughs> and um, it does make you pay attention to your body in ways that you haven't before because mm. all of a sudden you discover this movement that you struggle to do or Maybe, like for me, my shoulders, you know, just absolutely terrible. And I can remember being in Downward Dog one day and just feeling everything just suddenly went and just, just let go. And I was like, oh, my God, wow. I've got movement I didn't know I had. Yeah, it, yeah, it was wild. It was the wild. other thing I love is that it helps you recognise the two sides of the body. So, Ooh, Talk to me some, some more about that. Well, so most practice you tend to work with both sides so if you do something on one side you do it on the other side mm. you balance so you, so you can constantly kind of recognize oh my right 
um, Mm. foot feels a bit bigger than my left foot or random mm. things yeah or if yeah. you've had a broken right ankle and not a broken left ankle and it was years ago but you can see still that there's an impact from that so that again shows that the body can hold on to things and mm. it, it can release them as well but mm. sometimes we're so kind of stuck in our shapes and our patterns mm. we just think that's how we are and that's that but actually if you start to work with the body mm. it can really change yeah because it's not yoga's not just all about stretching is it no. some of it's resistance work a lot of it is awareness a lot of it is connection mm -hmm. but it i think yoga gets a bad rap in the sense of people think oh it's just about stretching you know yes. oh it's just a stretching exercise thing yeah. no it's too it's slow for me way more than that it can be really strong I mean, mm. it's all what it is about is the balance between strength and flexibility. Mm. And you need both of those elements to be fit and well. You, if you're fully, if you're completely strong and you have no flexibility mm. or, or vice versa, mm. you're, you're limited. Your range of movement is limited. And, you know, there's things that you can do really well, but then other things that you struggle to do. So mm. yoga is all about balancing the strength and the flexibility to enable you to have that mm. kind of rounded um, mm ability interesting stuff yeah i, th I think um yoga always struck me as as something that everybody could benefit from and, and i know you hear this said about so many things but but my god if, if there was one thing you could say would make an impact on people's lives that, that you could do that is simple that you can just do for yourself yoga i totally agree physical and mental that the two together and, and the connection between mind and body Actually, no, I'm going to throw that contact out the window because it's not a connection between mind and body. Mind and body are one. There is no connection. They, they just exist together. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's something we need to learn in the West. Well, actually, no, we've forgotten. Mm. I think we used to know and we've forgotten. Mm -hmm. But the Eastern traditions and philosophies still very much, you know, you look at Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic, Ayurvedic medicine, all those kind of practices, they all talk about mind and body being one. They mm -hmm. don't talk about a connection between the two. No. And for me, that's something that yoga really hammered home. And I think we, you know, we could all do with learning a bit oh, more I about it. I totally agree. I'm very biased, but I do. You know, well, I think of course we're very biased. I mean, you know, we love it. <laughs> <laughs> but it really, it really could benefit everybody. And that's part of what I'm doing now is um, trying to teach groups who wouldn't necessarily come to yoga mm. um, either because they feel it's not for them or they can't afford it or they just think it's for <clears throat> stretchy people or, you know bendy people bendy people <laughs> or for a certain demographic and it's like mm. no it really mm. has benefits for everybody and mm. it, people have to come when they're ready like you can't force it on them but if you can give them the opportunity to experience it so I was mm. in a school um, high school recently and I taught all of the years nine and ten and of course, a lot of them giggled all the way through, but some of them you could see really kind of, it really resonated with them. Mm. And if it sows that seed that they go on and think, oh, that crazy yoga lady, that was okay. I'm gonna <laughs> try that again. <laughs> she was doing weird things. And, but you know, it, it's just something to kind of give them a channel in. Mm. And, mm. It, you know, um, it, it is for everybody, but they have to find it when they're ready and they have to find the right style and mm. they're not all going to find it. But to have the opportunity to experience it and then maybe take it further, I think that's what I'm really keen and excited about now. Like this class um, for Sport in Mind, I think mm. I'm really excited about as well because it's um, they want everybody that comes to those classes to be, have some kind of mental health uh, condition. Mm -hmm. 
um, because it can benefit so massively and it can mm-hmm. um, and you know it's really kind of working with people f- and they don't have to be in different groups for me I mean anyone is welcome to any of my classes but mm. if it means that because I'm doing that one I will encounter people that wouldn't have necessarily found my other classes then it's another kind of road in mm. it's all about doing a YouTube channel <laughs> this is like the podcast thing I Mm. need to just be braver and I did do some YouTube sessions Mm. um, through like the lockdowns Mm. and um, most of them I made them unfindable so I would the people that wanted them had them yeah yeah and with the website recently I've kind of released two of them and I just feel nervous about that and really I think I just need to push it out there a bit more and see Mm. and, and because you know there's some great yoga teachers online as well and again mm. for people that are nervous about going to a class or something they can perhaps find oh, sorry um, sorry right. i do that all the time <laughs> yeah problem with these mic stands i keep forgetting it's there yeah, me too i'm like um, bang my hands go around <laughs> the, the the yoga online again it's another way in so mm. if it means that somebody finds yoga in that way and, it, and then they're more likely to perhaps try a class because they've experienced it and they think it's okay mm. there's benefits to to all of them really mm. yeah mm. What would you say to somebody who wants to try yoga is maybe a bit curious about it but has a bit of resistance? What would you how would you what would you sort of say to them in, in terms of encouragement and, and kind of making it a bit more understandable for them? I would firstly question the resistance. Mm. Like what are you resisting? What do you think it is? And hear what they think, because they will have some kind of preconception of what they think it is. Mm. And then um I would just encourage them to to try. Mm. you know what what can you lose from trying you mm. go to a class if you don't like it at least you know that but mm. then i would still say try a different teacher or try yeah that's an important a different one. style mm. um but yeah i would just like i say you can't i'm not about pushing it onto people at all because i don't think with any form of well, what you anything, want someone you can't to push lead, anything on anyone you, can you you know yeah. exactly you can mm. lead the horse to water but you know it's not but they have to kind of find it when they're ready to a degree mm. so yeah, I would. I, I think what happens with me, a lot of people will say, they just, um, I don't know, they like the way that I'm living my life. So that is an a- appeal, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And then so many times, I'll say, oh, it's because of yoga. <laughs> so, for example, I don't know, what did somebody say the other day? Oh, it was with my chiropractor. We talk about yoga all the time, but my feet and the arches of my feet. And I said, I could actually, if I stand, if I stand relaxed, my arches will drop in, but mm. I tend to hold them up. And that's because of yoga. Cause I'm so used to, and there's things that I do that I'm not even aware of until we start to dig a bit deeper. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's because of yoga. That's, this is because of yoga. And then, you know, they, they'll either try it or they won't. Mm. And I've got loads of friends who say all the time, Oh, I, you know, I need mm. to come to class. I want to come to class, but they've got, to come to class and mm. experience it and that that resistance is really interesting i think a lot of time yeah. it's people don't actually um value themselves almost they don't value themselves enough to give themselves that time Ooh, that's a really deeply and interesting one I, know. I like that a lot that might be a bit controversial no, no not at all i think you're absolutely spot on actually i was just thinking about that at the moment in the moment um, yeah i think I they, think put, everyone, that, they put everything else first and actually yeah. i've gotten a much more well selfish. i've been guilty of that myself before as well you know mm-hmm. and, and if i'm absolutely honest i've been really guilty of that before and, and it's only <clears throat> excuse me anybody who's been watching my channel regularly will know that i've been putting out shorts about um bits of exercise i've been doing and bringing that back into my daily routine going for a cycle ride first thing in the morning rather than sitting down and 
drinking coffee and smoking 40 fags. <laughs> Do you know <laughs> what I mean? So I've been trying to change my life for the better um, is the point of that. And, and I think, you know, we can all find our own levels of resistance in things and find reasons to not doing it and barriers to. But I think what you've just hit on there is really, really important for a lot of people in terms of any resistance to doing exercise or anything that's good for you Mm -hmm. you know even going to counseling or therapy or something like that is you get a resistance for that because people don't feel like they're worth it yeah am i worth this you know can can i do this good thing for myself or do i only deserve bad things in my life yeah you know i think that's really silently powerful Mm. it's something to think about it really is and even from the point of view you know they'll put everybody else first which I get people it, pleases. you know, especially if you've got children and, you know, people that you're responsible to. But um, with in the last few years, especially like I become very selfish about my practice because mm. I know the impact it has. And I've got a really supportive husband. So, mm. you know, they. I think it, the other day um, I wasn't because I've had a bit of a shoulder issue for a little while. And I said to my husband, I'm trying, I'm going to try like not practicing, which is unheard of. He's like, and he went, are you sure? <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea at all. Who is this woman? What have you done with my wife? <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea for like any of us because it, it impacts on everyone. So for me to, to have my practice, my foundation and make that a really important part of my day, it gives me more to give to everything else. Yeah. And I really feel that. And so I make it a priority mm. and I selfishly make it a priority. And I'm proud mm. of that because... Mm. It, it enables me to be a better, to be a better wife, mum, teacher, mm. all of the things that I do in life, you know. Mm. So I do think value is part of it. And before I would have been the person that was like, oh, no, I've just got to make sure I do this for my son. or I've just got to do this. Mm. And, mm. you know, if I don't get the washing out, you know, mm. there's so many other things you could do instead oh, God, of getting yeah. up and doing yoga. So it, now it's like I don't look at my phone. Well, I try not to. So I don't. In fact, most days I don't. I try, if I, my, the first thing I want to do is use the bathroom, roll out my mat, get on it and just start mm. and then see how it goes. And even on the days when I really don't want to do it, I think, well, just do the first part. And then normally halfway through the, the first, first part, part I'm like, like, I could probably get a little bit further than this. Maybe I'll do a bit more. And then it's like, yeah, I might as well just go to the end now because <laughs> I, I'm quite We're comfortable. There. Yeah. <laughs> and then before you know it, you've done it. Yeah. Yeah. And, always feel better for it so i think that's the thing isn't it you know once you've once you've taught yourself that something is good for you and you feel that benefit from it it's much easier to get up and do it again because you've already got uh, a marker in your mind that oh yeah that felt good last time i did that yeah i'm gonna do that again yeah there's a great phrase i love um and please feel free to throw this back at me at any (laughs) point um but you can't drink from an empty cup yeah you know you, you really can't if you're a a giving person if you're somebody who who is caring and you're constantly giving to other people you need to remember that if you exhaust yourself you have nothing left to give to anybody else if you don't look after you you don't have as much to give and i find the more i look after me the more i have to give to other people and and those around me that i care about those who are yeah. in service as my clients or you know friends family partners you know all the rest of it mm-hmm. you know you you just have more of you when you fill that cup up more often 100%, it, yeah. you know isn't that such a bizarre concept when you break it down you you would have thought it doesn't work that way but it does it really does it really does and my my wonderful teacher now so i have to give she, her name's caroline simpson she teaches ashtanga she's got a beautiful charlotte in bristol and 
such an inspiration. But she will quite often say, um, we have a conference once a month, and she says exactly that. It's like the um, you know the plane's going down. You've got to put your own mask on first before you can help yes. other people. Mm. And I think it's really important. Mm. I know it's really important. It's made a massive difference in in my life. So mm. Mm. Yeah. absolutely, it's prioritize prioritize at least things that are, like you say are good for you. I was listening actually this morning to an interesting podcast, and mm -hmm. they were talking about um, the concept of being stuck. And um, the, the podcast called Awaken in Love. I can't remember the lady's name, but she was saying. Um, she was saying about, you know, whenever you've got, because she was talking about addictions. Okay. Yeah. But she was sort of saying <clears throat> a really important question to ask is what is the benefit of it? And she said that quite fires people up sometimes mm. because they get quite defensive. And mm. But what is the benefit of that addiction? And there will be benefits. Oh, always, yeah. It, you know, mm. even she, I think she used the example of, you know, staying in an abusive relationship, mm. but the benefits will be, um, it could be financial, mm. you know, you're mm. safe financially if you stay mm. in that place, or it could be there's a roof over your head, and you there's know, obviously there's some of sort of some security, kind. yeah, yeah, which yeah. if you walked away would be gone. Mm. Um, yeah, and it just it really resonated. It felt like it fitted with that part of the conversation, but I'm not sure no, what link I've made now. It's, it was kind of about the putting yourself first. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's this was interesting. That was the point she said about nothing. Um, nothing is easy so she was talking about changing habits from addiction so it's like it's easy to take the cocaine and feel good instantly but if you're trying to make a change for the better the instant goodness mm. it's not instant no. it's gradual yes and yes. that's really hard but if you accept that and think okay so i've gone to yoga once like i'm not gonna suddenly be xyz but if I go consistently over a period of time, there's not an instant gratification in the same way as taking the drugs would be, but it's good for you. And it's easy to do the things that aren't when they have this instant. And, and then she said something really interesting about, you know, what is, what, what are we hiding with that? Mm. What, are we not, what are we not confronting when we go to that addictive option every time whether it's Absolutely. drugs smoking alcohol sex mm. whatever it is we're, we're running away from something that we don't want to see about we don't ourselves. want to face we don't want to see we don't want to understand and again yoga helps us mm. very gently see those things because mm. we're spending time with ourselves, and mm. yeah it's fascinating yeah and a lot of a lot of these kind of behaviors you were talking about then are all of course driven by fear mm. you know and it's when you when you find a resistance in somebody and you, you touch on it and it, it sparks something, that's all coming from a place of fear because that person's scared. Yeah. And I think the thing that I find about um, that sense of embodiment that you get from, from yoga, that, that sense of physicality and mind exercise, I think that for me is the the good buzz and that's that slow drip you were talking about. But, but I imagine it being like... Um, like, like a tank it's, it's almost like the, the tank with the for want of a better word bad behaviors addictive behaviors that kind of thing that that kind of fills up and empties really quickly mm. but the other tank kind of drips in slowly and mm -hmm. empties really slowly so mm. actually over a period of time that's filling up and staying fuller for longer yeah whereas this one will empty and fill quickly yeah but this one is more sustainable over a longer period of time really do, do you see what i mean it, so it's yeah. kind of like a 
Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting way of looking at it. And you've just got to keep drip feeding that, that one tank and just mm. keep drip feeding it a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And it, it stays full, you know. So you could probably go, you know, um, you'd probably go to another place and look at that and look at it just from a purely a, a physical exercise point of view. Look at sportsmen, look at athletes. And, you know, they'll all talk about, yeah, I get a real mental buzz from what I do when I train. Yeah. You know, it's not just physical building my muscles getting stronger getting faster it's mental agility as well as physical agility mm. and performance i find all that stuff so fascinating i really do it really is mm. yeah yeah I, I was um you mentioned just now as well talking about um what were we talking about before we talked about addictive behaviors um so valuing yourself that's right yes <clears throat> It's that it that sense of value in yourself can come from so many different places. Um, how much of that do you see going on when people come into yoga? Do you see people coming into your classes really like changing as a person as a result of kind of doing that yoga as a result of connecting? I suppose on a micro level, you see it in each class. Mm. You see them come in and they're up here, and mm, you know mm. everything's a bit high Crazy. vibrations yes. <laughs> yeah yeah and then at the end they come out of shavasana mm. and it's like oh. so you see that on a regular basis mm. and then when you're lucky enough to practice with students over a long period of time some of mine have been with me for like 10 years now oh wow you kind of see it as that film mm. you know that gradual filling up it's it's something that feeds their life and i mean for me through the whole um covid mm. palaver yoga was you know I, d I don't know what I would have done without it really and, and I, I really just turned off the news threw myself into my practice did my yoga therapy course I did everything to kind of feed myself because mm. that other narrative just wasn't beneficial no. but I know so many people that say without their yoga practice through that time you know it really kept us all on a a grounded level mm. and the whole mm. thing you know one of the massive lessons of yoga is this too will pass and you yes you might be in an uncomfortable position but you take a few breaths you know you're going to get through it and life's going to change and, and life changes all the time mm. but it teaches you to kind of balance out mm. and to take the rough with the smooth I love and all that of those concept. kind of this, I love that concept of this will pass oh yeah you know it's difficult it's difficult right now but this will pass and I think you know we, we live in a society where everything is so fast paced and so easily accessible that it's really easy and simple to navigate your way around the difficult things without dealing with them. Yes. And I think that idea of sitting with difficulty, of sitting with something that feels uncomfortable and just allowing it to be and then watching it change without you having really made much effort to mm. it other than just holding it in the space. Mm. That's a concept I try to bring into therapy mm -hmm. quite a lot. Because obviously, you know, we all have resistance to difficult things. Nobody wants to deal with difficult things. It's not Why nice. would I deal with yeah, the difficult thing? Well, I can take the easy way out. Exactly. You know, I don't want to be uncomfortable. You know, we, we live in a we live in a world where everything is comfortable and, and far too comfortable. Yeah. And and actually, I'm going to bring into that something else, which is a concept I've had in my life for a long time. Of when I'm in a place where I feel really, really comfortable, I am at my least productive. So true. 
I am at my least productive. And you learn learn more about yourself and you have more ability by pushing yourself through uncomfortable situations. That's and when you grow. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's when you grow. Yeah. And I think that is something that really that I, I wanted to get across from this podcast today talking to you about yoga is it is a chance for personal growth. Absolutely. You know, it, it's a chance to really get to know your body and get to know your mind. Mm. And I think it gets a bad rap in the sense of, you know, people think you have to wear lycra and start weaving yogurt to go to a yoga <laughs> class or something. Do you know what I mean? Of course it's, you do. Well, of course you do. I mean, that, you know, pot of Yo Valley on arrival. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it, it does get, people do have that idea about it. And, and it's just such a simple concept that gets missed about it is, this is a really great way to just gently improve yourself. Yeah, yeah, mm. absolutely, mm. absolutely. And one of the things that I love about Ashtanga, so the practice that I do personally now, I don't teach Ashtanga, but I, um, my personal practice, and that's something else that Caroline has taught me is that, um, you know, it's, it's very easy to stay in the poses that you find easy mm. and take some extra breaths there and enjoy them. It's the difficult ones where you grow. And that actually is where the work is and that's where the healing is. And mm. that is where you can really, and, and there's been so many times I've, that come so with ashtanga it's a set um sequence okay you don't deviate from it there's seven series um okay. i'm on primary series mm-hmm. i've been there a long while um <laughs> coming towards the end of it now actually but you the theory is you do not progress onto the next asana until your teacher says that you're ready uh, so you okay. get held at certain points that's very much like martial arts actually isn't it do you know what i mean like, I don't well, know. you um yeah i studied martial arts a little when i was younger and, right. and if you're going for a belt you have to attain a certain level of competency before uh-huh. your teacher says you're you're okay to take the okay, exam. Okay, that's they interesting. They wouldn't let you do it until yeah. they thought, you know, you can kick at a certain height and you can hold this pose and you can master this stuff, you know, and then, okay, yeah, you're ready to do a belt now yeah. and off you go. Yeah. So it is that similar, and there is something Discipline. martial about uh, yoga and mm-hmm. martial and disciplined and a re- regimented set of movements mm. so that's very fascinating that you just touched on that yeah it's I, I, mm. it's been a real because with my approach like the hatha yoga it's i'll often say you know you don't don't you have to listen to your body don't push yourself and i question that sometimes now because i'm like actually um you know pain is a teacher mm. i don't want people to be in pain i certainly don't want them to get injured but actually to spend a bit of time in that place of uncom- discomfort mm. can really kind of open up a little treasure chest because gotcha. you have to go into the breath more. Mm. Um, the breath is a massive indicator. So if you're struggling in a posture, your breath will speed up and, you know, Caroline will know, like, that's, you're pushing, you, 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 you've mm. got to breathe. And she's constantly like, breathe, breathe. And there's, and for me, what I find really interesting is like what happens in my mind in those parts. It's like, I'm supposed to be a yoga teacher. Why can't I do this pose? <laughs> and then it, all this stuff can start to come in or, you know, that, you know, somebody that's just been in the shala for a few months and they're all of a sudden, they're all way beyond me. And it's like, that's their journey. They're on a different path. This Absolutely. is mine. And I can't, I'm not meant to be there. I'm meant to be experienced this point here mm. and I need to stay here for as long. And in fact, the pose that I've been stuck on recently, I, I was genuinely like, maybe this is it for me in this lifetime. You know, maybe this is where I stop for the rest of my life. Genuinely, I thought that because I just couldn't mm. get there. And now it's starting to shift. And suddenly I get a new asana. It's like, 
okay, I'm just going to keep doing whatever I'm she tells me. Because so many times in my life, and, and this, this is something that I share with a good friend of mine as well, so many times in both our lives where we've got to the point of going, do you know what? I think I'm just going to give this up. And then when you get to that point of giving up, you're just about to throw it in the bin and then the universe comes in and provides you with a whole new, like, yeah. something else you weren't expecting and all of a sudden it goes, poof. Yeah. And you, you grow and you take another level. Yeah. It's almost like you've got to get to the point of, like, I'm ready to give up before the universe gives you an answer. Sometimes. It's fascinating. Yeah. I find that concept fascinating. And it is that struggle. It's, mm. Again, the universe wants you to feel that struggle and mm. make hard decisions and be uncomfortable. Mm. I think life is meant to be about struggle at some points. I think that's where we grow. Mm -hmm. And I think it, it's in that resistance of struggle, which is the place where <clears throat> a lot of people don't find themselves and they probably need to. I'm going to be open enough to say that because yeah. that's genuinely what I believe. It's my opinion. And you're right. People run away from it. We're that, all guilty of it. I, I have instinct. been too. I'm going Me to put too. my hand up and say I've been guilty of running away from things my, you know, most of my life. Yeah. You know, and and when you turn around and face them and face your fears, that's yeah. when you grow. That's when you learn. That's when you develop as a human being. And they become less scary. Mm. And then something else will come along to teach you another lesson. Yeah, because isn't it amazing how we can take something so tiny and then magnify it up into this huge, great big thing that mm -hmm. it really isn't. Yeah. You know, and I, yeah, I think that's so powerful when you can come into that mind body space and relax and come out of it. You know, I've, I've gone into yoga classes before with huge problems hanging over me and come out of there feeling like I haven't got a care in the world. I was saying, you know, I was saying this the like, other day, oh like the, the problems still exist. <laughs> they do. But actually, they you do. just don't care about it anymore yeah, it's like exactly, really exactly you know i'm just this i'm just going to keep breathing which is fascinating <laughs> because actually you know if, if let's say take a different path to um dealing with a problem and just going to the pub and sinking vodka all mm -hmm. night and you'll have the same effect mm -hmm. but when you yeah, get up in true. the morning your problems will still be there and you'll have a bloody headache yeah whereas with yoga you know yeah you still get up in the morning your problems will be there but you've had a lovely little mind holiday from it all yeah, is the way so I think true. of it yeah. it's like a little holiday in my mind when I go through yoga and you're right that the vodka or whatever the stimulant is is, mm. is giving you that holiday mm. as well mm. but in a slightly less healthy way and probably more destructive in every way I could think of <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so something else I wanted to ask you about um, and we, we have a mutual friend who's been through an experience of this. And I want to talk to you about Kundalini awakening. Oh, okay. Because I, this is a subject that I'm really fascinated by and something which I think isn't really very well understood. I'm wondering how much you know about Kundalini awakening. Not a huge amount. Mm. Um, I remember when we, I think it was on the foundation course mm. and the teacher Claire she described it as so kundalini they describe it like a sleeping serpent at the base of the spine um, so that would be in one of the chakra points in um, Muladhara the, the, in the base chakra, base chakra or yeah. just above possibly but in this okay. very in, lowest, in that lowest point, section yeah, yeah. and she said it, so it's like the sleeping serpent and through the practice of yoga and certain techniques you can awaken and you have to have open chakras for the energy to to move mm. and they call it awakening kundalini so you awaken this very powerful energy and she said and it can shoot through your body and you need to be with someone who knows what they're doing because otherwise you could be a bit like mentally disturbed and i remember thinking i'm not sure <laughs> if they go there it's like what and it sounded like one of those mystical yogic things because mm. there's many like magical mystical yogic practices that 
blow my mind and I think oh I'd love to try that one day but I remember thinking I would only want to do that if I was with a kundalini teacher who really mm. knew but actually I don't think it only comes from kundalini yoga I think any kind of yoga can um, open things and create spaces mm. and um, I've got another friend a lovely friend who'd be really interesting for the podcast so she comes to my classes but she's also an ayurvedic practitioner oh yes please um, please, please hook me up with her i, after I will this. yeah please she's do. great fantastic um so she i know she's done a lot more kundalini and i haven't ever been to a kundalini class mm. but i have certainly had physical experiences where i feel i've felt that energy mm. and it's been for a short period of time mm, mm. um but i can't i can't say that i'm any kind of expert on it maybe maybe in fact judith the ayurveda lady she would be able to talk more about mm, that mm. but um yeah the the concept of kundalini is it's this energy the sleeping serpent that we can awaken mm. and it can be very powerful create very powerful uh, psychological mm, experiences mm. as well yeah and it's something that is traditionally brought on um as i understand it uh, under the watchful eye of uh, an experienced yogi who knows exactly what they're that's doing that's what i mean yeah exactly know, and, because of <coughs> a teacher and mm, yeah mm. and actually yeah. I, i'm not sure i don't remember hearing about it in ashtanga okay specifically mm. um so yeah, it's quite a niche area. Mm, mm. Um, it's very much um, considered to be um, uh, well a, a huge spiritual awakening. Yes, you know, and and quite experienced by some people as being very violent. And, yeah, and particularly my 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 friend who who had the Kundalini awakening didn't have it through doing yoga. No, it that was came the same in with from me. a different place. He he was. Um, he was doing a lot of creative activity at the time, I believe, mm -hmm. and it really woke something up in him. And, and all of a sudden, it's just boom happened. Exactly. Like, oh I think. God, I mean, the way that that first teacher described it, it sounded like you know you'd like gone on a massive trip or something. Yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that sort of put me off a little bit because I, I think, I think I'm not a control freak, but I think like I've not, I'm not really into drugs and things because mm -hmm. I have a fear of losing control or mm -hmm. not being in control. Um, but yes, it's a psychological. But also, I think, like we were saying earlier about the hot yoga, I think if you go dive straight into these things mm. and you're not ready for them, then they they're not necessarily. Even though it's yoga, it, it might. I'm not saying it's going to be harmful, but I think mm. you need to be under the guidance of the right kind of teacher. Absolutely. And thinking about it with the Ashtanga, I'm, it maybe it does come in, but it's probably way up in way the up series. In the, yeah, yeah. And the, all that we're doing is a setting the foundation. Every practice, you know, you're kind of. Mm. Um, establishing foundations for, for things to go higher because the ultimate aim of yoga is spiritual enlightenment mm. that's mm. what the yogis kind of created it for mm. and all of the asana um, was to create this balance of strength and flexibility to enable you to sit asana means seat so to sit in meditation for long periods of time and that's where you really get to know yourself so that would be almost like the um, original experiences of buddha yeah. sitting for a long time and, yeah. and just meditating yeah that's very um very yogic in itself i presume yeah that's quite interesting i've never thought about it that way but yeah that, i mean the, the the purpose of it is people think it's it's physicality and stretching and limby and limber and, and that really for me is um is like a like a side consequence of going to do yoga for, for me yeah. it is about that headspace when i've done it more than anything else so yoga so the word ashtanga means eight limbs and there's eight different limbs to yoga 
asana is one of them the mm. physical and mm. um, pranayama the breath um again i can't remember all eight off the top of my head no, i should have I done my homework <laughs> but there's eight different concepts that come into the practice so what so for example there's one which is all about how you live your life and how you are with other people mm. and how you are with yourself mm. and um not harming people it, it, it's almost it, some of it reminds me of the ten commandments yeah, yeah, it's like know, thou shalt not across. harm, thou shalt not do this. And yeah. There's elements of that that kind of feed into the, the eight limbs. So there's there's all these different practices. There's uh, karma yoga where you you do things for other people. Um, you mm. do things for the greater good, not just I for yourself. That. There's all these different elements that come in. And asana is just one. Mm. And people think, well, certainly in the Western world, they think yoga is the movement. And yeah, it's a part of it, but it's not the most important part. You know, the, there's so many other parts and that's, you know, you could be in a hospital bed and still practice yoga because there's all the other elements that you can bring in. And there's a different type, of, there's a different limb for each stage in life almost. So mm -hmm. it's um, the breath is one on its own. So, you know, you could spend a lot of time just working with the breath and you could come to yoga through that because mm -hmm. maybe you can't move physically, but you can breathe. And that's another thing that Caroline says, if you can breathe, you can do yoga. Mm. It doesn't have to be about the physical, and mm. it, it really isn't. It's, it's, it's so much more than that. Mm. We come to it from the physical in the West because that's how we're kind of conditioned. But uh, Yeah, yeah. My, my, um, my last yoga teacher was, uh, her name was her name, Amanda King, and she ran a class called, um, oh, sorry, her yoga school was called Inhale, Exhale. Nice. which I loved because that was what drew me to it actually I was like yeah. oh that sounds interesting because mm -hmm. I like breath work I'm going to go and have a look at that mm -hmm. um, yeah and I think that that concept of there are so many different things to it other than just stretching and movement and being limber um, and, and yeah I, I'm really glad you said all that because I think it gets misunderstood quite a lot yoga I think really so do. too mm. and I think it, you know because there is so much to it and people hear little snippets you have to be mindful you don't want to put people off so some people think it's very spiritual and it can be but you know you go into a general yoga class that's not what you're going to get hit with straight away no. the spirituality comes more from again over time and mm. how, how it helps you to connect with yourself and other people in your life and the world mm. and when I go into the shallow in Bristol you've got a group of people so it's not um unless it's a lead class you just get on your mat and you start to practice you don't okay. get told what to do um, mm. all the way through and the communal breath is incredible to be in a room of people breathing so deeply and so consciously and everybody i, I think about this a lot lately i think everybody because i've had this bad shoulder everybody in that room is struggling with something yeah. and we can't possibly know and we don't need to again we don't need to know but it's kind of a communal support because we're all there together. And to just get on your mat at home is t so totally different to being mm. in that room with those people. And it's all very quiet. You don't necessarily get to know people because you go in, you get to do your practice, you go out, you can't really talk in the lobby. It's all very silent. But you've got a commonality with them that is really... Is, and I admire each and every one of them. The, I don't know all of them, but, mm. it, you know, to turn up there and have that discipline and do that practice and give mm. themselves that time and make it important enough is mm. is huge. Well, you know what? When I first started going to yoga, and this memory's just come back to me, um, when I first started going to classes, and, and I, w I was in a terrible place personally at the time, 
Um, but I remember just that connection with other human beings. And like you said, you, you go and you go in the lobby, it's all quite quiet because there's always other classes going on. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you'd be in a, a studio next door where there's a class already running. So you come and take your shoes off and roll your mat out and, you know, get ready. And just the connection with other people, just a just a, a smile and eye contact when you walk in the room from somebody you've seen last week. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And just, just that was, I, I felt like I did have a little place to go where I was welcome and nobody was going to ask me too much yes you know and and that for me was just exactly what I needed at the time Mm. yeah I I think there is something in that very much about connecting with other people when you need it but but not being in a place where people are going oh what's the matter with you or or poor you or you know anything of that that you don't really need yeah (coughs) excuse me hmm yeah, that feels like it's probably a really good place to wrap up, Kate. I think. Yeah, Anything flew else? By. I've gone like an hour and a quarter, I think, wow. just over. So, yeah, I know it, doesn't it just? Yeah. Doesn't it just? Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap up? Um, no, I don't think so. Just thank you for having me. And around uh, the houses, I we? know. Which is really fascinating. Yeah. It's been a really, really lovely chat. It really has. Thank you. No problem at all. Do you want to tell everybody about your website? Because that's going to be up soon. We'll put it in the notes for the show. Oh, and, thank you. Um, um, socials, things like that, where they can find you, how they can get in so touch, the find your classes. So the best place to find me right now is my Facebook group, which is called okay. Yoga with Kitty. Fantastic. Which brings up lots of obscure cat things, but <laughs> mine is the one with people doing yoga on cupcakes. And cool. as soon as the website is is out there, obviously mm-hmm. that's where I'll be putting it as well. But yeah, they can they can find me on Yoga with no Kitty. Problem. I'll and, put a um, link up to your Facebook group in the show notes you. for this one when we, Brilliant. When we put okay. it up. So, thank yeah. you so much. No problem at all. Thanks for joining me, and um, yeah, welcome back anytime. Please Brilliant. feel free. And I'll, I'll, I'll send lots of other people your way. Oh, please do, please do. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks, Thanks Kate. Rich. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye bye.